The sequel cast airs Wednesdays, 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Cascadia.fm online internet streaming radio you can also download episodes of the sequel cast from www.sequelcast.com and uh miyagi vaults over the fence and starts beating up these other uh cobra kai members because again as we all know asians can fly uh, maybe you know uh miyagi just likes hating around high school halloween parties i don't know yeah but it's true. why is he hanging around near the costume party there was a podcast called the sequel cast they talked about movies and they talked about something else called boobies the sequel cast it's the sequel cast it's the sequel cast www.sequelcast.com Hello and welcome to the sequel cast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies in a franchise one movie at a time. I am your host, uh, Uncle Milkshake. We're starting to cover a new round of movies, starting this episode with the original Karate Kid. For this and the next few episodes, we're only going to be covering the Karate Kid, the Miyagi years. So just uh, Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, and the next Karate Kid. With me is uh, Thrasher. Howdy, howdy. Um, Jersey Jason. Jason-san. Jason-san, I'm sorry. And a uh, special guest fan of the show, Russell Jun. Hey, how's it going? Good. Now, uh, Russell, how do you know uh, Jason? Actually, I've known Jason since, uh, when was it, kindergarten? Yeah, let's or just say it, Or was it before that? Maybe. Uh, was it preschool? I don't remember. Possibly. Did you share a woo? Possibly. No. no we are not. No, no. We are brothers from two different mothers. Yes. <laughs> So yes, I, I've known Jason for uh, how old? Are, how old are we now? Getting old there. Twenty-eight. Let's see. Let's let's just say. Um, let's just let's say, say 20, over twenty years. Somewhere around twenty years, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Wow. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty sick. <laughs> I'd, I'd say so. Yes. Yes. So Russell, do you have like a a website or something to pimp? To pimp? No. no. Nope. Not not nothing to really pimp. That's my job. But, uh, yeah. I, I I do have a website, but not really very exciting, I'd say. Uh, what's the website? Uh, it's uh, supercop007.sealhat.com. It's Is... mostly just a collection of my Twitter stuff right now, but I used to post a bunch of things on my blog. That's cool. I um, guess we should probably start talking about the uh, the Karate Kid well, actually, we can talk more about me. That's that's really fine with me. I, I have plenty of things to talk about, Jason. Sure. Hey, whatever happened to Elizabeth Shue? She was in <laughs> Back to the Future two and three. Um, she was in a movie and called she was Hamlet in Karate Kid. and Hamlet two. Yeah, and she was in Karate Kid. So, but uh, yeah, so Karate Kid came out in nineteen eighty four, directed by John Alvidson, the same guy that directed Rocky and Rocky five. Um, and Alvinson also directed, um, I, I believe, at least the first three Karate Kid movies. Stars Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita. Now, the thing about Karate Kid is uh, this movie alone, I think, is what made the sort of karate dojos around the United States pretty popular. Between this and Ninja Turtles. I bet there's a lot of kids that went out there and uh, wanted to take karate after seeing this movie. I know I Definitely was one of them. for the 80s. Definitely yeah. for the 80s. 
I mean, what else was that? I mean, Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee were back in the day. You had uh, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues on TV. Um, we you know, made a few more like Kung Fu karate movies in the 80s as well, usually with a young protagonist. Well, I think that that's something about, about this film. The Karate Kid probably was the first really down-to-earth martial arts film that American audiences ever really got exposed to. I mean, before this, you're right, it was it was Chuck Norris, and it was Shaw Brothers, and it was, you know, martial arts films that were more about the, uh, that were more about the action, but did not really delve into the substance of the martial art. Uh, Russell, had you heard of um, martial arts or things like that before watching The Karate Kid for the first time? Not particularly. Yeah, I, I would say... Um... I guess my old, um, my dad's taped HBO Karate Kid was probably the first time I was experienced to it. And after actually, that, actually, much, Russell, yeah. Russell, yes. I think this is the point where I should jump in and say that you're Asian. I, I would, I, that's true. I would say so. Now, where does your family come from? Well, let me see. Uh, well, my dad's from uh, New York City, Chinatown, I guess, where you would say so. And my, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, yeah. Where do your ancestors hail Ancestors, oh, Chinese, Chinese. And I guess, uh, well, other than Karate Kid, the only other big, uh, I guess, kind of the martial arts experience would be the old WMAC Masters TV show mm. as well. Oh, wow, I remember that. That was very, very, very quality show, I'd have to say, at least for um, maybe being a 10 years old or something like that. Now, did anybody here besides me try to take a karate class as a result of seeing Karate Kid? No, I actually wound up doing it because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I see. Okay. But, see, I'm on the other side where yeah. I wanted to be a superhero more than I wanted to be a kid who could beat up bullies. I actually didn't see the Karate Kid until the 90s. Oh, uh, by okay. then, By then, I had learned that I was, more, I, was, I was more about the mental than the physical and the spiritual, so I, I never uh, got into martial arts. He fought bullies with his mind. <laughs> Made their heads explode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I would mesmerize them. I mean, when I saw Karate Kid, it was on videotape at some point in the 80s. I was in uh, first or second grade at the time. And just the whole scene of uh, Daniel cleaning, doing the waxing of the cars and stuff. And then later when that's turned into uh, how he learns to fight, that scene just really blew my mind. I never... Just that connection was something I never thought See, about before. This came out in 84, so I was two, so I must have seen this, I think, for the first time on maybe TNT or one of those uh, channels where they used to show the movies. Yeah. I think I'm getting... Maybe even HBO back in the day. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit talking about that scene in the movie, but I do want to point out, 1984, Karate Kid came out. And it uh, has um, Pat Morita plays Mr. Miyagi as this... Asian, or uh, sorry, he's a Japanese man, but I, I don't think the portrayal is too stereotypical or as offensive as it could have been. Another movie released that same year, 84, was 16 Candles, written and directed by John Hughes, which oh, featured yeah. Getty Watanabe as a Lawn Duck Dawn, which oh, is, yeah. uh, I would say, an arguably offensive portrayal. I mean, it's a comedy, it's kind of ridiculous, but... The Karate Kid is one of those few movies at the time in the 80s in particular where it's a Asian character that, yes, while he does use martial arts, it's not as stereotypical. It has a lot of heart to it. Well, here's the thing. Like, 
Pat Morita had been in Happy Days, and that was kind of like supposed to be taking place in the 50s, 60s? The 50s. Yeah, and you had uh, an Asian character come on, and he kind of didn't he didn't play a stereotypical Asian there, except for a few times. He was like a businessman. I don't exactly know his role other than to give it, I guess, to give the show color. That's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. No black Not people really. on Happy Days. Well, he's, he, he wasn't really very stereotypical in the movie, you know, even though he was the only Asian guy in the movie. He didn't That's really seem true. to be... He, he spoke broken English, whereas I know Pat Morita is actually really... He has a, he's incredibly fluent. He has no problem speaking English. Oh, yeah, of course. He had, he had to kind of have a little faux kind of Japanese accent in the movie. What exactly but... does San mean? Because Mr. Miyagi calls, he calls him Danyo-san through the entire movie. What does that mean? Well, it's, a, it's, an, it's an honorific for actual Japanese... So, you know, when you're actually speaking Japanese, you tack on the san or you tack on, you know, various other things like kun or sama, these other kind of things. It's actually, it's just, it's part of the Japanese language. So when he says Daniel-san, yeah. It's kind of like Mr. or Mrs. It's a a sign of respect. So Mr. Daniel. I I find that, though. I mean, they're they're definitely trying to make you realize, oh, yeah, this character's very Asian, but he's not crazy Asian. What's crazy Asian, Jason? Crazy Asian, I think of the old, um, like the old, uh, the movies that Tarantino likes. The old, um, uh, Shaw Spaghetti. Brothers. Thank you, Shaw Brothers. I think of those, like, with like, ah, oh, God, just the overacting craziness and over, over enunciating the, the Japanese R's and L's, replacing the R's and L's. Well, that, that was just R's bad dubbing of those films. Yeah, but also I think that's been shown in other parts, like, always bowing with a tooth. And it used to be that all Asian people on TV were played by Polish and Italian characters, and all the Indians were played by Polish and India, uh, uh, Italian people. So, hey, that's progressive. They were using an Asian actor to actually portray an Asian. Well, if, as long as we're digging up painful memories, let's not forget Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, ooh. If you haven't seen it, folks, go out and see it. Now, with... Uh... Karate Kid, even though karate's in the title, there's not much karate in the movie. In fact, it's like half an hour until you even see a dojo. And even the whole um, montage of him training and the tournament at the end, I think only makes up 15 minutes of a two-hour film. There is no fear in this dojo! Well, that that speaks to the way films were being made at the time. Um, Producers and directors weren't afraid to let a film take its time to tell the story. I'm not complaining about it. I like that it takes its time, but it's just interesting how much time it takes. You have a lot of... There uh... is no story in this dojo. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is a pretty long movie for, uh, I guess... Time. Is, is it more of an action, or is it like a more of a drama film, I would, I'd have to say, when you get I, little I, bits of action here and there? I would put it in the drama category. So it's, a story of, it's a dramatic story of discovery. I agree. I mean, even though I saw it when I was little, um, you know, sometime when I was in college, I caught it on HBO, and I didn't even realize I was watching The Karate Kid, because it's the scene where Daniel gets beat up on the beach, and with the music and everything, that could have come out of any movie, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's more of a drama. You have uh, some backstories for some of these characters, but... He's an outsider who gets put into a new place, he just moves there. But Daniel moves from... 
Daniel moves from New Jersey to uh, Los Angeles, California, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yep. Now, what is he? Is he supposed to be? Is he supposed to be Spanish? What's well, his last he's... name is Larusso, so I would guess part he's Italian. A, yeah, he's a, he's Italian. He's Italian. Italian. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> he's Italian. In, okay, so he's Italian in the movie, but isn't the is the actor Ralph Macchio? No, the, the Ralph Macchio is also Italian, correct? I would guess from that last name. Uh, we have to always talk about people's races on this show. Uh. <laughs> no, because it matters. Because again, he's different. He's different than the bad guys who are primarily white, except for the one token black guy. And they beat up the kid with the olive skin. Well, wasn't wasn't he Italian in uh, My Cousin Vinny as well? well yeah. Oh, yeah. Because all Italians... I, I would say, without a doubt, Macchio is an Italian last name. How Italian he is doesn't... I don't think matters too much, but... No, it doesn't. He's, he's from Jersey. He's the new kid. It doesn't even matter if he's a different race. It's just that he's the new kid, yeah. and he pisses off the white gang leader... Because he hits on the girl who used to be with the gang leader, even though they're not really a gang, they're a, a what would you call them? What is Cobra Kai? They're the evil dojo that you see in, in all the martial arts movies. It kind of yeah. is a game, but at the same time, it's a competitive sports. You know, it's a competitive karate team that goes to these tournaments. But they obviously hang out together and have a role as a group outside of their dojo stuff. You always see them together at school and stuff like that. Well, they're kind of trained to be like. It's almost like the military where, like, you. it's always, like, it's that connection, like, you watch your brother's back, and they try to make that, um, God, that, what, I, I don't know the word for it, though. They try to make that, not companionship, that brotherhood, that loyalty to each Comrades other. Comrades in arms, a spirit de corps. Exactly. But they're still evil. Very evil. Sweep the leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet. Oh, oh, well. So where to begin with Karate Kid? We've talked a little bit about when we first seen hey, let's it. Let's talk about the so girl. Basic... Let's begin at the beginning. The inciting well, the beginning is a long montage of them driving from New Jersey to California, which isn't really needed, but you do get a quick scene of um, Daniel kicking open a door and saying, oh, I took karate. So he knows a little bit of karate. He says he taught himself some from a book in Jersey before showing up in California, but he's no expert. I'm not sure if that would actually work. I mean, I know there are martial arts manuals, but I'm not sure an amateur could could pick up a book on martial arts and actually come away with with any no, level of skill. But he does say that he like he got took lessons at the YMCA. Oh because, yeah, because we have those. Um, and and he he does try to like continue his studies when he gets to California. Um, yeah. He, he tries he, to go to Cobra Kai to actually learn. Well, but no, but he first stumbles across Mr. Miyagi because he has a broken uh, sink or something. Oh, he is the handyman. Yeah, he's the handyman in the uh, apartment complex that Daniel lives in uh, with his mother. And Daniel's supposed to be a high school student, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, new kid, in a small fish in a big pond, gets dropped into this completely different culture. Again, the West Coast in the 80s. So much different than, like, the slums. I don't want to say slums. We don't know that he came from the slums. But Newark, New Jersey. So 
Jason, you are dangerously close to standing in front of a brick wall and doing a dated stand-up routine. When I was watching Karate Kid, uh, you know, for this uh, episode of the sequel cast, it almost struck me, could it be considered a little bit creepy, the relationship between Mr. Miyagi and Daniel, an old man inviting man. a teenage no. boy into his uh, his room to help trim his bushes? See, that's the problem with today. That would not have been a problem back then. Now everything is suspect. It's only creepy through a cynical eye, I would say. Maybe he's just a nice guy. That's true. No, he seems he to is. have the best of he's intentions. He's humble and, and just, like, just welcoming spirit-wise. It's, uh, just think, like the bicycle shop owner on different strokes. No, no. no. <laughs> See, Mr. Miyagi is on the fear because it turns out he knows karate. And he could basically kick anybody's ass who came in there. So, But yet, I appreciate they take their time rolling the karate stuff out. Like, they get to have a relationship between each other. What's the big reveal? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the surprise Basic. that we, the audience, even though we saw the trailer, know that he, oh, he's going to do something. Well, they're both pretty much outsiders to begin with. You know, you have Mr. Miyagi, the uh, you know the only Japanese guy around there, and then you have this uh, one Italian-American guy with uh, Daniel, and they're both outsiders. And, you know, they, they, have a, they have their own parallel within the, between those two guys. That's a really good point. I mean, with the whole Italian-American thing, I just want to point out, there's obvious parallels to the uh, Sylvester Stallone film Rocky. And even I find the way that Daniel talks, he makes stupid jokes about himself, he's very defensive, is pretty similar, I think, to some of the dialogue in Rocky. In that that character has a very stupid sense of humor, self-deprecating. No, it's, it's self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not stupid, but it's well, like, some of the jokes in nervous. Rocky are pretty stupid. Well, yeah, yeah, nervous. Right. It's a it's a defense mechanism, especially with again Allie Mills, the girl he meets, Elizabeth Shue, who back then, oh my god, and still to this day, oh my god, Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> Why is she not acting in more stuff now? She's an amazing actress. I'd tie up her laces if you know what I mean. Oh you my know, god! I think when actresses get older, unless they're British, you don't see them in as many movies. Um, it's not the same with actors, but there's a sort of double standard there. Oh no, there's definitely that. Man, what movie? What sequels can we talk about that more? Than? I'm sorry. Back to the Future. Yeah, she was in Back to the Future two and she three. Was, yeah, but I was wondering though, like what what other movies could you talk about aging actresses in sequels? Oh. Uh... The two live-action 101 Dalmatians movies. Ugh. Glenn Closer? What about, uh, what about Angelica Houston in uh, Adam's Family? I don't know how old she was then, but she was, she was definitely old. Yeah, but you're under uh, so much makeup and stuff, you can't really tell too much. Well, she's oh, she was fine. a fox. What but about Harrison it. Ford, also? He was doing the... Uh, <laughs> he did that Harrison. fourth uh, Indiana Jones there. Oh, sure. Wasn't, yeah. yeah, but that's a guy. You can have guys... Guys can like keep acting till they're ninety. Women, he's pretty old in that movie. You're absolutely right. He is. Name, Harrison, name Ford is like Harrison Ford is almost seventy years old. Yeah. So, hey, Carol Channing. Carol Channing though, hot and a demon in the sack, or so I've been told. Broadway though, she hasn't done anything. Well, no, that's she used to act more, but she doesn't really do movies anymore. Let's get back What's... to Karate Kid. Karate Kid is actually a good movie. We can't go in that many tangents. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, cat! Get off the. Okay, so sorry. Okay, we'll continue. With Karate Kid. Oh, by the way, Carol Channing is dead. Is she? Okay. No, she's a... not. 
And so, well, Pat Morita's dead. Oh. Pat Morita. Oh, wait, you're right. She's alive. <laughs> She's alive? <laughs> cool, is this, wait, wait, wait. Is, okay, wait, then does that mean that uh, Pat Morita is alive? No, Pat no, Morita's no, dead. No. He died in uh, 2005. Oh, when? How? 2005? So he's been dead... Wow, he's been dead six years. He was 73 years old. Yeah, he's been dead um, six oh, years. Wow. Right. Do you know what he did at the end of his life? Uh, he got paid. Some... Okay. No, he got paid to hang around Las Vegas casinos. Really? He was basically like, it would be some core, like, he would come, play a few hands of poker at like a high roller table or whatever, and they could say, I played poker with Pat Morita. How do you know that a whole, story? A whole bunch of A whole bunch of old age actors, like... Charo, a whole bunch of them do it. Huh. It's a way for them to get money. They get sure. a free room. They get a bunch of stuff comped, and they their money is they—they they don't make it. They make a little bit of money, but they—they they can gamble all they want on the dime of the casino. Old football players and heavyweight boxers used to do that all the time too. Yep, they still do. Again, the idea is to like give the players an experience, and that's a hell of an experience. Just to be able to say you saw a celebrity at this place, that place. You know, I, I, read, I read a story somewhere of a guy who was in Vegas, and he happened to be at a poker table where uh, Bill Gates, the head of Microsoft, was at. And it was like the $10 table. And he goes up to Bill Gates <laughs> and says, why are you playing at the $10 table? And Bill Gates says, you know, $10, $1,000 table, it makes no difference to me. I, I get the same enjoyment out of the game, no matter how much money <laughs> I put into it. Damn right. So I think that's a fine point. Now, could we say the same if uh, Martin Cove or possibly, um, oh, God, Askiba or Zapka? William Zapka showed Zabka. up. Uh, okay, that's a good segue. So when they first, uh, Daniel first sees the dojo um, in the Karate Kid that the Cobra Kai train at, he's eating at a restaurant with his mom, who I guess just got a job as a manager. I don't know if it's a manager of a restaurant. It's not very clear. But they had across, to move because of her job. They had to move because of her job, and she got a promotion. And across the street from this restaurant they're eating at is a dojo. And uh, Daniel goes in to check it by himself. And as soon as you go in the dojo, immediately you're like, oh, shit. It's very serious. You see people doing these really powerful moves. But wait, am I missing something? Doesn't Hasn't Daniel met with uh, Johnny, the William Zabka, already at this point? I think he like he was challenged and he get, got his he didn't get his ass kicked yet. It's not the big fight, but it's one of those things where he's like he punched in the stomach and all the kids laugh at him. Oh, ho, 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 ho. yeah, but there's and a then, nice scene where Daniel goes to the dojo and you see all the students about and one of them looks up and kind of gives Daniel a look. Hey, I know what you are. I well, recognize didn't he you. See, he, he saw him at that beach party on the beginning. That's right. No, that's right. right. It is yeah. after the, it's after oh, the I'm fight. Sorry. Right. He goes to the beach and he's talking to uh, Elizabeth Shue, Allie Mills. And, uh, right, he gets beat up because he tries to defend her a bit. Uh, Daniel gets beat up a lot in this movie. Because he hasn't learned the secrets of karate yet. That's true. That's true. So what do we think about, talked a little bit about Elizabeth Shue, what do we think about the effectiveness of the bad guys, which I guess would be uh, Johnny Johnny, Lawrence Lawrence and John Kreese. Johnny Lawrence looks like an asshole. He plays (laughs) asshole parts. In all the movies, yeah, he plays the he basically plays. I don't want to say the bad guy, but he plays the bad guy. He's always the dick. He's the jock who can beat up all the nerds, and that's why the nerds have to get better or have to confront him. They have to 
become awesome. Oh, and that's he's actually cool. in. He's actually in Hot Tub Time Machine. I did not realize that. Yeah, Russell was telling me that. I don't remember seeing him in the movie, but he, uh, if you look at pictures of him now, he, he's changed, but the smile is the same. <laughs> oh, and, and John Cre- uh, Martin Cove is John Kreese is really good too. He just has that intense look, and actually, I didn't know this uh, at the time, but Martin Cove was actually in Rambo First Blood Part 2 as one of the uh, bad American guys in the helicopter. Oh. Like, it, it's not really? a big part, but he looks intimidating and doesn't say much. So, Well, this character is much more... He's like a gang leader who is also a drill sergeant, and he's the one instigating a lot of the crap. As bad as the kids are, they probably wouldn't be as... Dickish, if they weren't being taught how to live their lives by this guy, right? Because yeah, again, he's, he's teaching them through the karate and the Cobra Kai dojo. Well, well, he, he's he's forgotten. He he's forgotten that part of the martial arts is mastery of the self. He seems to think it's mastery of what's around the self. He's externalized what should be internalized in martial arts training. I thought it might have been interesting if they would have had uh, Daniel take lessons with the Cobra Kai maybe once just to see what he thought of it to get more personal. No, because I don't dojo. think that guy. I don't think that guy would let him in. I don't know. Oh yeah, you think they have an in, in, a I think, initiation? I think John Reese would. Yeah, I, I kind of. I kind of think he'd look at him and immediately think that he was weak and wouldn't want to bring him into the class. I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't think they have like a beginners class like with like ten year olds. <laughs> Yeah, learning fight. Uh, There's Cobra Kai Junior. Yeah, I think that'd be a good he, movie, though. You probably saw him. He saw that he couldn't get him any more of these tournament trophies. You know, that are all lining the wall there, right, right, right as he walks in, thinking this weakling kid. He's pretty. He's pretty awful right now. Well, then and after Miyagi goes with him though this time, right? Miyagi goes with him. This no, third. no, not not the first time. The first, yeah, first time he's walking there by himself. He's just by himself because it's yeah. uh, across the street from where he has a uh, dinner with his mother. But then later on, he he's really shy. He wants to meet this girl, talk more to Elizabeth Shue at a Halloween party, and old Miyagi rigs him up a costume where he's dressed as a uh, a shower, which is a pretty. Let it not be forgotten that Daniel is also poor. Yeah, he's poor. He can't afford a costume, but uh, an old man is willing to. Use an old shower curtain and some metal rods to make him a costume. And Why it's... couldn't he dress him up as a bonsai tree? <laughs> I don't know. I think a shower costume is actually it's it's very charming. I I, I like I like how it looks. Very you, very very unique. Very unique. You get a sort of romantic scene uh, where Elizabeth Shue goes inside the shower curtain with uh, Ralph Macchio. Nice. Was some a comment I've got to let drop about about that that shower costume and this is something that just has always bugged me in movies but that shower costume that looks like the kind of costume that i or some of my creative friends might have thrown together for a costume party it seems so real as opposed to most costumes in movies when they go to a costume party it's like they just raided the wardrobe department of the studio so you have kids who for no reason whatsoever suddenly have access to Hollywood-level costumes. Tailored dresses. And, but yeah. even, even the costumes that the, the Cobra Kai guys have, those are the dumbest fucking skeleton-looking. Those are just... They look so third-rate costume-wise. And I know that those kids have money, except for the black one. Wow. They, have to look, they have to look consistent, though. 
You can't yeah, have everyone wearing, you know, these uh, swanky costumes here. And then maybe. you have the one last guy there wearing a cheap costume. You I mean, know, the these Cobra Kai maybe. guys, you know. Sticking together. Yeah, the costumes are a little, maybe a little bit dopey. I think the skeleton stuff looks okay. I mean, it's certainly very uh, 80s, for lack of a better word. Well, they're still kids, so, I mean, you can't expect yeah, them sure. to have the best stuff. And Daniel pulls kind of a dick move by uh, <laughs> when, um, I'm sorry, uh, Johnny is trying to smoke a joint in the bathroom, and uh, Daniel stuffs a, uh, a hose from the sink and runs it all the way into the guy's uh, toilet stall and turns it on. Like he's not expecting to get beat up again after doing no, it's the kind of his whole thing like, like instigating thinking. It's not a prank so much as it's to get even with him, but the outcome of trying to get even again, uh, an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. Right. He just lost once against these guys and he seems to try to piss them off on yeah. purpose. And it's because he's also got an Italian temper and he's from Jersey. <laughs> so he's got a Jersey temper on top of that. <laughs> the kid is asking for trouble. You're right. And what trouble does he get? He gets his ass kicked again. Although Elizabeth, although Elizabeth Shue does a trip, Johnny as he runs out. She does trips. She? Yeah, she like, sticks out her leg and trips Johnny and all his friends as they're chasing him. But they still catch up to him in the end. That's right. Yes. But he of acts, course, acts, yeah, he, he acts really conspicuous though. He just runs straight out of there. He doesn't uh, <laughs> you know, blend in with anyone. He just. No. Run straight out of the out of the party there. <laughs> hey, did you guys see a running shower curtain? Kick his ass. Yeah, he could have ditched the shower curtain, but this is the scene where he gets the shit beat out of him, and all of a sudden, Daniel's kind of loosey goosey. He's all out of it. Loosey goosey is that really the <laughs> He's word? He's concussed, you would Uncle Milkshake. He's yeah. concussed. He's in the middle of receiving his first concussion. And uh, Miyagi vaults over the fence and starts beating up these other uh, Cobra Kai members. Because, again, as we all know, Asians can fly. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, Miyagi just likes hating around high school Halloween parties. I don't know. Yeah, that's but true. Why is he hanging around near the costume party? No, no, it's not that he's hanging around there. It's just that <laughs> Daniel, Daniel ran back to the apartment complex that Mr. Miyagi also happens to have his garden and everything and all of his cars and all that. They, they basically take him back to his home turf. Mr. Miyagi just happens to also be there. Probably in that back garden. It's kind of convenient, but okay. Uh... It is! Because where else <laughs> is Daniel going to run? He's going to run home where he knows he's safe. He doesn't know that Mr. Miyagi is going to jump out from nowhere and then break down these guys with his awesome collage. Well, then even though Miyagi is fighting like high school students, he's not like kicking the shit out of them or anything. It's not... It's... It... It's a violent scene, but it's not an overly violent scene where it might come off as weird. That's the He's thing. He's not trying to him. murder them. No, He's no. He's just <laughs> trying to get the fight out of them. He's protecting Daniel. Right. He's doing just enough to do that. He's not overly... Yeah, he's not overly breaking bones and overly doing awful, awful stuff. And, of course, Daniel, seeing this, wants to learn how. And that, again, leads us to a training montage. Yes, right? Well, not yet. He still oh, has yeah, to learn yeah. how to do the wax on, wax off first. Well, yeah, but that's like that's montage right? But it it appears he's giving him all these menial uh, jobs to do, and there's but is it? I believe it's before then when after Daniel gets beat up a second time, where Miyagi and Daniel go back to the Cobra Kai dojo and say, you know, don't mess around with Daniel. He's a new kid, and they kind of give him crap about it. 
And of course, and they he say, goes okay, to not until the tournament. He goes to Crease and tells him that, like, yeah, don't mess around with this kid. It, it, will you guys apologize? Everybody will apologize? He's like, no, there's no apologizing in this dojo. And that's why Mr. Miyagi is a trainer. Did it ever occur to anyone to go to the police? Because aren't the Cobra Kai <laughs> guys by this point all guilty of assault? Yes, but it's he, they said he said, and he also did that thing to them, and they did that thing to him, and yeah, nobody wins. I think uh, if they, they went they, to the police, yeah. it would be the word of like I don't know a dozen Cobra Kai against like a little uh, a younger kid and an old man, a younger kid who's concussed. Uh, concussed, I suppose. Um, do they ever then say that he gets a for. concussion? He was asking for it. What are you talking about? God damn it, kitty. Get off. Okay. Uh, but right, no, after this, there was a training montage, and, uh... And of course, Mr. Miyagi is just succinct. He just tells him what to do, and Daniel's snarky. Yes, he's snarky, Every but he still path. he still does the task that he's asked to do. He never gives up and go fuck it. I'm gonna leave the house done uh, halfway. He still paints the house. He's not liking what he's doing. He doesn't get why he's doing it. But you have a wonderful reveal of Miyagi showing Daniel what all these move, how the, all these uh, painting the fence, waxing the car, wax on, wax off. How that applies to uh, defensive karate blocks. Listen, he says it's like if you can paint a fence, you can. Oh God! If you can paint a fence, you can block a blow or. He says something that's like so succinct. Oh, can anybody can anybody point I, to that? I, I can't think of that exact line, but it's something along those lines. I mean, Miyagi is very succinct to the point. He also makes a lot of jokes that he laughs at that nobody else laughs at, mm. and he keeps his accent thick and um, kind of difficult to understand, which I think is pretty interesting. He doesn't repeat himself a lot, so if you don't catch a line the first time, you might be kind of lost. But even though there's in the middle of all this training, you have a... Russell, you were mentioning this. You can call this kind of a drama because there's not many action mm, scenes. Yeah. And there's the core dramatic scene where Miyagi is drinking a lot while Daniel's doing some oh. training. And he gives a, a monologue about how he lost his wife and son as he was fighting with the U.S. Army during World War II. Which uh, is really interesting because, again... Uh, in California at that time during World War II, a lot of Japanese people were put into internment camps here. And... Now, isn't, isn't that part of his backstory, though, that he was in one of the camps, but then he joined the Army? Well, he was serving overseas. He was with the United States Army. He was serving overseas. His family was here, and I'm not sure. The internment camp was called the Manzanar? Man- Manzanar? Uh... Yeah, in Sierra Nevada. Um, yeah, so, Manzana. in other words, he wasn't able to get back in time to say, "No, no, no! They're citizens. They they should have had a paper back in that time." If you had somebody who's working for the state or whatever, again, they were so afraid of spies that basically they rounded everybody up. It, even though he was uh, an enlisted man, they couldn't point to. Uh, saying, my husband is in the army, my husband is in the army, nobody was safe. So he has a lot of anger that he could direct towards the United States and what happened. And it's an interesting monologue, and then he starts off telling it really drunk, he can't tell what he's talking about, and then he tries to explain it a bit more, but never do they literally show a flashback of what happens 
you have to pay pretty close attention to what he's talking about. It gives the character. That's what I like about this. Yeah, There's no right. flashback. Right. And God uh, bless them. If there was a flashback, it might have been pretty cheesy. Yes. Uh, and I, at this point, I do want to mention the Karate Kid was nominated at the time for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for uh, Pat Morita for Karate Kid. He did not win. Who did he lose to? Let me look that up. Good question. Um, I bet it was out of Africa. Uh, again, you can you can tell we've been on hiatus. I'm looking that up right now. How about you, Russell? Let's see. Well, I found that on IMDb here is a Cambodian guy, Hyang S. Nagor, for uh, the, the Killing Fields. Oh, God damn it. Huh. Killing Fields. That, okay, that makes sense. That was a heady, that was a very heavy movie. The sad thing is, when you made the K sound, I was so sure you were going to say The Crying Game. <laughs> that wasn't until later. That's a whole different kind of wax off. Wait, that wasn't oh. the that wasn't the same year, eighty four. No, no, crying game was. Ah. Anyway, um, so I mean, even though the monologue they don't deal with it at any point before or after in the movie, I think it's still useful as far as fleshing Miyagi out. No, because it yeah, it, it, it shows it how much strength. trust he has in Daniel because he gives Daniel a uh, a birthday party, gives him a cake, gives him one of the cars he's restored. Well, we should also say that Daniel has no father. It's only the mother raising him. So, in essence, isn't Mr. Miyagi kind of filling that? And he's also filling the son. Yeah, yeah, surrogate father and son. Oh, definitely. 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 That's another one, you know, another way that they're connecting with each other. And he teaches him not only karate, but also important life lessons through the crane style and the the actual, like, um, ethics and stuff about training the spirit as well as the body. Now, does Daniel actually earn any money when he's working for him, or is it just yeah. get the car and get the training? I, I think it's just the well, training. Right, he gets a car. I mean, he gets a car. That's a pretty big thing, but it's, yeah, otherwise it's... a lot of money. Was, I don't think he was expecting the car to begin with. No, he, just, he, no, he was doing it for the training. Well, that brings up a good point. How did he insure, How did he afford insurance on the car? That's right. You know, maybe back then insurance wasn't as much of a deal. I don't know. This movie. Oh, not... it was. Well, this movie is called The Karate Kid, not The Insurance Kid. It's uh... oh, Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> bad. <laughs> what would Insurance Kid be like? Let's do a sketch about the, that. The Insurance Kid <laughs> would be Cobra Insurance would be... Company beats up the Insurance Kid. So no, it'd be about it'd be show. about a kid in school who's really. Good at... <laughs> you tell him, Johnny. No, the Insurance Kid would be about a kid who's a. Uh... Really good at mathematics in school. He takes all the advanced placement courses, but uh, you know he gets he gets pushed around at school a lot, and yet he meets a an old man, an old bum in the park who used to be a, a great insurance, <laughs> a great insurance agent, and he played teaches, by one of the Sheens, and, and he teaches oh. uh, played by Emilio Estevez, and uh, Emilio Estevez teaches a little kid, or this high school kid. All still the, played the, by Ralph Macchio. Still played by Ralph Macchio, even though it's present day. Uh, all the tricks he has to learn to be an insurance master. And with that, he gets a job while still in high school. And because he gets all the money, he affords a fancy car. And he gets the uh, he gets the cheerleader in the end, the insurance kid. And he hires an assassin to kill his enemies. That's the worst idea for a movie ever. Uh, oh, no, Hydroponic Tomatoes is pretty bad. The hydroponic tomato kid? I don't know where you're going with that. No, no. <laughs> there's, a, 
that movie, it was a movie I pitched to you about three women uh, work from different social classes working on a lunar colony and all, you know, all about finding life, love, and respect for each other and learning that they don't need to have a man to be in their lives to be happy, but it sure helps. And they get a little uh, guy crazy. It's called hydroponic tomatoes. I, I don't I like remember that, that one, but that's uh, okay. <laughs> I have a feeling that would be a British movie um, starring Judy Dench, um, Kate Blanchett. Does she please the administrator? The <laughs> um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Crane Style. Um, Russell, as the resident Asian, what can you tell us about Jesus. Crane Style? What do I know about Crane Style? Not much, yeah. not very much, other than it's not really a uh, not part of the standard, I guess, the karate movements. They just kind of made it up for the movie. No, isn't it? Isn't it a real style? Because it's about balance. I, I, on, I on think leg. they, I think they made it up. It's not really. Doesn't well, seem like there, it's very useful. There's a number of crane stances used in Tai Chi, and it always struck me that Miyagi on the beach was doing Tai Chi and not like a specific martial art. So what you're saying is Tai Chi sped up is masterful karate. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. I mean, doing Tai Chi moves is awfully time-consuming and slow, which is kind of the point of it. Um, that's true. That's true. Uh, I think consuming time is the reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about gathering and focusing energy. <laughs> I know because I studied a wee bit of Tai Chi in college. Huh. Wait, who taught that, Bob Darvis? No. Although, if you're listening, Bob, all my love to you. Come on, Kitty, stop jumping on me. Ah. So yeah, he basically he learns to fight. Let's just let's just end it. Let's end that conversation there. He learns to fight. No, no, he doesn't learn to fight. He learns mastery of the self through martial arts, which just happens uh, to translate in the ability to fight. Which is oh, what course. is not what they're teaching at Cobra Kai. Yeah, he fights with honor. No, and even the way the mo- we were talking about earlier how the movie takes its time with scenes. Even in the scene where he's learning the uh, the crane kick and stuff, you have this sort of serene, almost classical sounding score in the background. With really the good sun- score. Yeah, yeah, with the by Bill Conti, who also did the music, uh, the score for the Rocky movies. And, um, but you know, it's a very meditative training montage as opposed to having like a crazy pop song, which you get pop music throughout the movie, but not in the training montage. So thank goodness. Yeah, it's much more serene. You have that kind of, there is some Asian influences, uh, in the pipes and, pan, uh, pipes and, um, flutes, uh, flutes. Yeah. Of course, everyone only remembers you're the best. Oh no, you're the best uh, is a great song it- by Joe Esposito. And well, it, there's a reason that that is. That's like that's the pinnacle song because that's for the pinnacle of the movie. Everything leads up to the tournament. Yep, everything leads up to the tournament. And furthermore, it's um, it's interesting that the tournament, you know, it has very strict rules. I think you only have to hit the person three times, and there's certain places you can't hit them, so the matches are pretty quick. It's not like uh, the boxing in Rocky where it takes half an hour to do a single match. Yeah, can you imagine that if it was just you hit somebody, you go back to your corner. You hit somebody, you go back to your corner. It's like it would be like fencing, which this is—it's it's like fencing. It's the well, one it's touch you go technique. back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think making one the, the actual connection a certain way, not just one touching of, one the of, guy. One of the funniest parts about, it, I guess, is that Miyagi doesn't know that there are any rules at all, and he steals that little booklet and he <laughs> passes it off to Elizabeth Shue to read, and then you know relays it to Daniel to actually how he's supposed to be fighting in this thing. Otherwise, he'd just be 
you know, jumping at the other guy. Why does no Miyagi pass that manual off? Does he not know how to read? I think he just doesn't. He's he's stealing the booklet because he doesn't know the rules. How does Daniel even qualify in the tournament? Do you just have to be a teenager to uh, so you just pay the you just, pay, uh, you just pay the fee? No, yeah, because he actually has to be part of a dojo. He has to be and a Mr. dojo. Miyagi, what's the dojo that he calls him? Miyagi dojo. Yes. And then he only he needs a belt. He needs a dojo. And then well, he's the, got the, the he's got the uh, bandana. Yeah. And yeah, they uh, ask him like, "Well, what belt style or what uh, what belt is he?" Because again, they have the different um, uh, different groupings, and technically, he wouldn't be in any of them. I mean, he, they basically they say whatever grouping Johnny's in, which is their black belt or red belt. So black this belts, right? this movie is teaching: if you get an old man to lie for you, you too can get into a sports tournament and win. Well, isn't yeah. that the message of Star Wars? Um. There's no sports, but I guess it has old men lying to get wait, into wait, places. Wait. What's that other? What's that other karate movie with uh, Chuck Norris? Oh God! Sidekicks. Chuck Norris trains a kid. Sidekicks. Sidekicks. Yeah. Yes. And they don't want to let the kid in, and Chuck Norris comes down and tells them they have to. And they're like, "Oh, it's Chuck Norris." Yeah. Sees Chuck Norris. Yeah. So I think in this tournament, why does Kreese instruct his uh, students? To inflict such illegal moves that cause great pain to uh, Daniel's knee and things. Is it just because he wants Miyagi a lesson? He's he wants to win at all costs. He wants to get he him doesn't... disqualified so his team win. The Cobra Kai win automatically. Well, that's the, that's one thing I gotta wonder. If, if the moves that he wants them to use are illegal in the tournaments, why don't they get disqualified? Why don't the referees and judges spot those moves? It's only no, because it is. They actually do take out the kid, Bobby. I think it is. Who oh, does yeah. that illegal move? Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets kicked out. But is it Bobby? And, as soon as he does the illegal move, he apologizes to Daniel, like right after yeah, he does it. He like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's so, only Bobby oh. and like three of the other guys who actually feel bad, but they kind of still have that brotherhood thing. They don't want to do it. Bobby still wants to be in the tournament. He wants to win that trophy. No, Johnny's even. Even if Bobby had to go against Johnny, Johnny would win. That's the thing is, Johnny's the one they're prepping up to win. Doesn't matter who else yeah, in the dojo comes close. I think I think one of the ones one of the things is that they want to get out of get da- Daniel out of there because Pat Morita beat up all the guys after the uh, the first party. Ah. I guess they want to get back at him for right. that. Right. Okay. It's also to show up who's got Drew the Daniel. best karate, who's yeah. got the best dojo, whose and... style is strongest. Yes. Yep. But uh, no, this the whole last part of the do uh, in the uh, tournament is you know very interesting. You have the you're the best around uh, song in there for part of the montage. Of the oh, songs. wait, wait, wait. But before that, though, you have the whole thing with, with the, 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 the knee attack, the illegal attack. And then, of course, what does Miyagi do? He rubs his hand together to create heat and places it on the knee, which somehow magically heals it. Ancient Chinese secret. But he's Japanese. Oh, that's true. Okay. Ancient Japanese secret. <laughs> all, all Japanese, all Asian people know how to, like miraculously cure anything just like their hands and maybe a few pins you know that that is a scene that kind of strikes me as a bit weird although uh in high school for a year or two i took judo lessons and we had something happen where uh some guy pulled a move off wrong and a guy's shoulder got dislocated so the sensei ran onto the uh the mat i guess and said this is going to hurt to the guy who dislocated his shoulder and feels the guy's shoulder, 
and jams it back into place with force. Well, that has something to do. That's like, I mean, that's, that's something that doing it enough, doing like that kind of work long enough, will tell you how to basically push back. I mean, that uh, was something amazing to see. That was something that happened, uh, you know, actually in my life. But I mean, you know, he wasn't rubbing his hands and magically healing him. It, it, it's a bit, it's a little bit of mysticism, I suppose. But I don't. Do you think it works? Well, as a as a fifteenth level monk, Miyagi can use uh, lay on hands as an arcane, non divine spell like effect. No, because the problem is it's all about racism. The idea behind a lot of these characters that come in, eth- uh, these ethnic characters, is the white audience doesn't know and doesn't want to know enough about the culture, except the stereotypes. All Asian people know how to fight. All black people are good at, at uh, sports. Uh, if you've got a white protagonist, they're going to win or something. I mean, even, like, even saying that, I, I do think that Pat Morita as uh, Miyagi does a more respectful job portraying that character than some other stuff at the time. I mean, it, it is, there are stereotypical things about it, but he seems to have the character seems to have a sort of dignity. And again, he is a kick-ass character. I don't. I'm not saying these are true. I'm just saying over the way Hollywood would treat right. them. Yeah, this is a very cool character, and it's very possible that Mr. Miyagi does have amazing superpowers, but he's also very restrained in using them, which is really cool. But he doesn't so have Johnny, super Saiyan. Well, he doesn't have super Saiyan powers. Not no, that he doesn't. <laughs> we know of. He could be holding him back. Could, could be. Could be. But then we have the, we have the final fight though. I mean, the final fight is your like awesome. Well, sure, because even I, after like, after being healed hurts. by Miyagi, Daniel is so injured. They're not sure if he's going to make it, but he he uh, he gives it he gives it his all and pulls off the crane kick. Because he's the best around. Nothing's ever going to bring him down. Yeah, but he's around. basically you're right. He's hobbling and. Johnny is, he's so outmatched, but for the two months of training that he's having Miyagi, he can take on Johnny with <laughs> a broken leg. Yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know, it's it's inspiring, you know, it's, I mean. It Actually, is... there's cool, at the one point, though, when he knocks Johnny down and one of the, one of the, gets one of the points, he does that chop to his head, and you have that really cool where, like, John, where, um, yeah, he has that blood coming down, is the bloody nose, and he just looks so badass, it's like, Okay, he just dealt first blood, though technically didn't body really draw first blood, but but real blood flowing out of the kid's nose and it looks like so badass, and like yes, it allows him to go off. It also allows him to go off, and Kreese is able to basically tell him, "Sweep the leg, sweep the leg, Johnny, sweep the leg." And what's a rabbit punch? Uh, I believe it's just it's just a real it's a real short punch. It's like the one inch punch. Okay. It's a real short, rapid punch. They Isn't it like you're off. faking someone out when you give them a rabbit punch? Like it sort of that throws sounds, them off. I was thinking it was like to an area known as the rabbit. I don't know. <laughs> punch him in the rabbit. <laughs> punch him in the rabbit. <laughs> oh, no, no. In, in the early days, you know, you know, peasants and monks who studied martial arts couldn't afford armor, so they would tie rabbits to their body. Surely, surely the that's, that's the way that came from. To destroy rabbit-based armor. Yes. And you can see, like, Johnny doesn't really want to do it, but Kreese is an asshole, and, again, it's like disappointing your father. You don't want to disappoint your sensei. Right, right. I, uh, you know, I do want to say one thing interesting about the movie ends almost immediately after uh, he wins the match, uh, Daniel. 
but that wasn't supposed to, or that was not originally the end of the movie. The beginning what? of yeah, the beginning of Karate Kid Two, where after the tournament they're walking out to the car and Miyagi has a confrontation with Kreese. That was actually footage filmed for Karate Kid One that was meant to be the ending of the first movie. Oh. But I think any you know after Daniel wins the fight ends the movie on such a high that having another fight scene afterwards would have been a bit. It probably would have seemed tacked on. Tacked on, right? Repetitive. It's a little bit of a comical fight too. He has that little. Huh. He honks the when nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that also that also shows the restraint and the the good. You don't kick a man when he's down. He's already been defeated in front of the students. Mr. Miyagi wins just, just because. So, you know, we've talked about the Karate Kid. Do we have any uh, last thoughts on it? Well, actually, the, the karate, I will say this, like, the Karate Kid has had, uh, interestingly enough, a lasting cultural legacy. You know, you know, remakes aside, this, this is a film that was near and dear to the hearts of a lot of my friends growing up. Uh, you know, lots of friends I know who would want to, like, if we were playing something, they wanted to be the Karate Kid. But, like, it's it's just, you know, also just constant pop culture references that you're the best around is now kind of the go-to victory reference song in a lot of comedies. Uh, and taking that further, the band No More Kings has a song all about Johnny Lawrence called Sweep With The Legs. And it's actually a pretty catchy song. But it's all about how he's kind of driven to undertake this dishonorable act that he doesn't exactly want to do, which is namely disabling the Karate Kid in the match. Actually, Sweet funny talking about the that. Legs, Johnny. The funny thing about that that video is that's actually um, the music video features a whole bunch of people, including Ralph Macchio, Martin Koch, and oh. William Zabka actually directed the. So I guess he's in directing now. Whereas, where's Ralph Macchio? He's been doing a lot of work on uh, Broadway. Um, doing Karate Kid the Musical? Not Karate Kid the Musical. Don't give them an, I, that idea, Jason. <laughs> they will do it. <laughs> Karate Kid, uh, turn off the dark. I mean, no. he, he's been doing some uh, some TV stuff lately. He was on some episodes of Entourage. He was in a, a movie called Beer League. That and was Cobra. Comedy. Wait, was he? No, he's not in Cobra, is he? Oh, hey, he's no, also in a movie called Cobra 2. He's also in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead. Ah, oh, Jesus. Of course, his only other really good movie was My Cousin Vinny. I would Which think. is a great movie. I wish yeah. there was a sequel so that, like, I could talk about that movie. He was also in a friend. Um, uh, the only movie I can think about with, um, oh, God, uh, uh, the Lethal Weapon movies are the only ones with uh, Joe Pesci as sequels. Uh, Home Alone, also. Oh, right, sure. Although Home Alone 3 and 4 did not have... Um, oh, Joe that's Pesci. true, that's Pesci as well. They didn't have any carryover. No. They had one and two. Yeah, but there was four Home Alone movies, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Maybe there's five, I could be wrong. But I think, uh, if anything, if we were going to follow those, I think we should maybe only follow the Culkin ones, and maybe that one after. I don't know, I'd be curious to see how far, how awful those Home Alone movies we, get. We gotta be complete about it. But um, with the, um, you know, the only other notable movie Machio did was uh, The Outsiders, which was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and oh, starred, starred like Tom Cruise and Ron Blow and Patrick Swayze and Matt Dillon. Uh, all these really famous people were in that one. Um, which reminds me, I have to mark off the actors who've died uh, from that movie on my box set. 
You're not the one who's killing them, are you, Jason? No, no, no. I just, I whenever like a celebrity dies or whatever, I usually will cross off. It's like it's a way of keeping count. This is an interesting bit of trivia. So originally, uh, an actor aside from uh, Pat Morita that was considered for the part of Mr. Miyagi was a, an Asian actor known uh, named Mako who was in uh, Conan the Barbarian. Oh. sort of the wizard. He, he's much younger, though. Uh, well, maybe five years younger. It was um, all I mean, makeup. But also, what about the guy who... Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, I'm sorry. Uh, from Three Ninjas. Jeez, I haven't seen that in a while. And he was uh, also in um, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, crap. Yeah, um... Let me bring that up. Well, actually, the, the guy you were talking about from Conan, his name is uh, Mako, uh, Mako uh, Awamatsu. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Conan films, you might, all, you might also know him as Aku, shape-shifting master of darkness from Samurai Jack. And he's still alive. He's a great actor. He's pretty cool. And also, who's the guy who played the actual, the, the sorcerer in um, Little China, or Big Trouble in Little China? There's a like there's the four main Asian actors that everybody knows, and it's like those four and Pat Morita, uh, and it's always like that guy. It's like that feeling whenever you uh, see that. Guy. So, so that, Pat Morita that the one, one is, that I can remember by by name. The one from Big Trouble in Little China is James Hong, who is uh, still alive, but he was also in Blade Runner, and um, he's done all sorts of stuff. Yeah, he was also uh, he plays one of the evil monkeys in Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go, which is a song, which is a, a TV show I hardly endorse. Well, also should we should we mention this though? The Karate Kid was the first time that Marita was actually credited by his birth name, Noriyoki. Was that and to it, make it seem it, more authentic? Yeah, he's actually credited that way in all the Karate Kid movies, except I think the fourth one. I'd have to check on that. But I believe in the actual, um, not in the posters and stuff, but in the credits, he is credited by his birthday. Is that cool? I think I have to get off, though. Uh, well, that's fine. We're about, we're about wrapped up anyway. So final thoughts on Karate Kid. It's it's an enduring artifact of the 1980s. It's definitely worth a watch again. Yeah, it still holds up to this day. Oh, of course, I, I keep watching the same five-minute montage at the end there. And that's pretty much all I remember. Yeah, well, That's because you like the song. Yes, that's, that's true. That's true. And that's, that's what makes me think it's more of an action film, because I just keep watching that particular portion of it, and it's just all action all the time. Sure, that's a good point. Uh, no, I, I think Karate Kid holds up pretty well. It can take a little bit to get used to the, the pacing, perhaps, but it has a nice... The movie's, you know, nice and relaxed as far as its pacing. It's not in a hurry to get anywhere. And uh, it's, a, it's a promising start to a, a series of movies. I'll just leave it at that. Because we'll be talking about the other ones. We'll be talking about the other ones in the weeks to come. Uh, Sweet. Russell, thanks for coming on this sequel cast. Thank, thank you very much. I, I enjoy the, uh, the podcast very much. Oh, thanks. thanks. Uh, how did you find out about it to begin with? 
Jason. Jason? Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> That's a stupid question. It only it only took us over a year, but we have a fan. We do have a fan, and you're my, the one My that... brother is a fan, too, so you have two fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, and you were the one that suggested we do the Karate Kids movies on Twitter uh, quite some time ago. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're finally all cut up to that, so... Uh, uh, tune in next week in the sequel cast to hear us talk about Karate Kid 2 and um, episodes come up on Fridays or you can listen to episodes live on Cascadia.fm from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays that's 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern God, we don't do these live we don't do these live but they air live on that internet radio station they're that's listening to us right now that oh, 6 God. to 7 period is I, I try to I try to Form my schedule at least to try to listen to that one live, <laughs> but it's always it's always my traveling time. So when I'm just about to drive home from work, I leave it around you know somewhere in six to six fifteen, and I never hear it until, and then by the time I'm done eating, it's already past seven. So I always I always wait for the uh, to pop up on my uh, iTunes to sure to pick it up there. Uh. So be sure to check out the website, SequelCast.com. Send us an email, SequelCast at gmail.com, or leave a review on iTunes. We currently have zero reviews. Um, this is uh, Uncle oh, one fan. Day. What? But one fan. One fan. Oh, two fans. Two fans, yeah. That's right. Um, so this is Uncle Milkshake. Thrasher. Jersey Jason. And Russell. Same. What are we going to say? <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. No, there's no crying in this dojo. No, let's do, um, you tell him, Johnny. Just you tell him, Johnny? Johnny. Not going with sweep the leg? <laughs> we should go with sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep, sweep the leg. The leg okay. The One. So, okay. So this is uh, Uncle Milkshake. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Okay. This is Uncle Milkshake. Brasher. Oh, that's me. Jersey Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, do it one more time. No, oh, mom, don't turn it on yet. Hold on one second, guys. Sorry. <laughs> okay. This okay, is... go. Okay, go for it. This is Uncle Milkshake, Thrasher, Jersey Jason, and Russell saying, "Sweep, sweep the, the leg, leg. Johnny. <laughs> sweep, sweep the leg." leg. Okay, that's great. <laughs> yeah! That's good. We did it. You're the best around. Okay. That's how we should have ended it. Well, we got something there. Okay. Hey, hey defense, you can take a punch. <laughs> punch him in the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Uh, thanks very much uh, for the show, guys. This is fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. The sequel cast airs Wednesdays, 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on Cascadia.fm online, internet streaming radio. You can also download episodes of the sequel cast from www.sequelcast.com.